Hi, I'm Ella Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders. And you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. For today's episode, we're revisiting an earlier topic, psychedelics. A new interview with UW professor Sunil Agarwal inspired us to uh, dig deeper into the psychology of a bad trip, microdosing, and the effects psychedelics have on mental illness. In our interview, we explore the effects of psychedelics on mental health through Dr. Agarwal's research. best ability can you describe what psychedelics do to your brain chemically sure psychedelics are a class of compounds that seems that they work in general through disrupting the default mode network and they can they interrupt that through chemical signaling oftentimes through serotonin receptors but there could be there are other mechanisms as well in other psychedelic compounds glutamate receptors these are different basically using neurotransmitter they're neurotransmitter analogs, so they, they act like our neurotransmitters and then um, temporarily disrupt that default mode network, which leads to a change in perception. And uh, that, in fact, actually has been correlated with neuroplasticity or um, psychoplastic potential. So that means you can rewire the brain that way or develop new connections or increase the um, amount of neurons in certain areas. So the default mode network is the part of the brain that's activated when you aren't actively taking in outside stimuli. It's basically your brain's resting state. Your default mode network is most active when you're daydreaming or not paying attention to the outside world. He also mentioned neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to form new synaptic connections or change old connections. A synapse in the brain is basically the place where neurons communicate with each other by sending electrical or chemical signals. So psilocybin essentially works to form new connections or change old connections in your brain. This can result in the ability to see things differently, altering the toxic path your brain has taken previously. For example, Uh, If you have a set belief about yourself that you're so fixated on, it affects the way you interact with other people and it affects the way you view yourself. And by intentionally tripping, you can rewire this brain pattern so that you can see whatever's going on in your interactions differently. Yeah, psilocybin takes you away from that narrative that you're stuck on and allows you to start seeing um, and believing other things are true. glowy than normal. The colors were just smeared. It was like a watercolor painting. I was laying down in 
looking up this tree and like there was all these little leaves they just all looked like tiny faces they're all shimmering blinking and i was like that's so weird and cool the first thing that comes to mind when i think about tripping is hallucinations hallucinations okay no i got this hallucinations 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 the first thing that comes to mind when i think about tripping is hallucinations so what is it that's happening in the brain when you hallucinate yeah we have seen evidence of the visual aspects of these states of consciousness in cave paintings ancient cave paintings went from our ancestors from thousands and thousands of years ago for the time of civilization as we know it and i think the cave paintings will actually show you things that people actually tend to describe also in their in their visions and so we, we call these things like um, entoptic imagery entoptic imagery and it's some kind of symmetrical geometrical patterns that you know may be related to these other areas of the brain that are connecting with each other and communicating when when that default mode is interrupted um and you know these are also people describe these as also visionary states so people can see or experience you know different a different sense of reality whatever that might mean or be i don't think there's really you know any any one answer to what that what that really is but certainly it's been understood in terms of spiritual and religious contexts for for uh, you know millennia some of those visionary states so different types of image geometrical imagery called entoptic imagery visionary visionary states and um senses of uh, a kind of a deeper understanding of reality might be what what's behind those um hallucinations hallucinations is really kind of a false word for this because it it means false vision and this is it's not that it's false it's just a, it's a different perspective i was really tired so i went to bed really early at like 9:30 or something i woke up at like 3 a.m. or something like that and the world felt very off very dark and eerie and everything felt off i felt very scared like lost i felt like my identity was kind of like fracturing like i would have a thought or something and it would come up and i would be like wait like where did that come from like who is making that thought occur and like the thought would come up and i would be like wait but is this my genuine thought or is this just society has like created this thought for me i just was so unsure what to believe and what not to believe then i just i had this very intense idea that if i went to sleep i would i would die like i just w- wouldn't wake up again because like something about the loss of consciousness if i let myself lose consciousness like if i let myself not feel like a person or like not be aware of who i was in my surroundings it would just be gone like i would just be like erased into like nothingness yeah it was it was really scary and weird and i just felt even though it was like had been hours later just a part of my brain was still very affected by the shrooms Okay, so what causes a bad trip and are some people more likely to have a bad trip than others? I think 
the idea of a bad trip is psychedelics are powerful compounds and they're highly context dependent in terms of like how the context in which they're used, the psychological set, the intention, you know, it's, it's highly dependent on those initial conditions, the programming, you might say. And I think um, when elements of that are not uh, well held or well prepared for, it can be more challenging because there's there's less sort of space to work out the process because the, the, your, either your intention is off or the setting is off. Also, there are difficult experiences that come up as you do this, you know, um, engage in a turning off the default mode or, a, or having a sense of loss of ego or egolytic like ego understanding of the self to other other ways of, of being. And sometimes that's difficult, the things that have to come up in order, as you go through that or come back. And that can be hard or difficult, but not necessarily bad. It's like a, well, it still could be good if sort of the horror, out of the hard, some insight was gained or some uh, some transformation or change occurred. So that's, uh, that's the other sort of caveat to put on that. And in terms of like who this might occur more, are, are people, some people more predisposed to this? Others? Yeah, certainly there's, there's probably, you know, people that um, are not able or, or ready for that kind of thing or, or, or it's just not appropriate for their, for their condition, their chemistry, their, their genetics, their predisposition. And, you know, uh, we, we're all often have increased worry when, pati- when patients or anyone has a history of certain types of serious mental illness like psychotic disorders or they have, they, it runs in their family. That might be um, conditions in which they they really might feel you know uh, disturbed or or um, harmed, but even even that you know some experts are also wondering how how even those those kind of folks can approach this um, with significant guardrails or or significant reductions in, in doses or other things like that. So I think we're still trying to understand who how to approach people who are interested all, all, of all groups. are super excited to see where psychedelic research will take us in the future because as of right now it's still incredibly underfunded and um, not researched to its full potential. So with that being said we'd like to thank Professor Agarwal so much for his insightful interview. Also while our information definitely overlapped with our previous interview uh, I find it so interesting to compare the analysis of psychedelics of a UW professor doing psychedelic research and a UW student experimenting with psychedelics in their own way. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Molly Anders. And I'm Ella Torrance. And that was Dig Deeper.